Hello and welcome to Hardware Intel, the in-ear edition, the podcast from UAP exploring how hardware can help shape our future. In the environmentally ideal world, we would recycle and upcycle by using old hardware and giving them a new life. From households to large-scale industrial, we're going to be discussing a range of topics with expert insight from within the building industry and thoughtful opinions about how hardware is advancing communities around the world. Yes, there might be a cost initially to investing in making sustainable products and saving the environment, but longer term, it always pays dividends. I'm Cyan Astley, a TV presenter and property expert, and I'm fascinated by the impact that good hardware solutions can have on all of our lives. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about using sustainable hardware in modern builds for a much greener world. Joining me are Bonnie Hodson, UAP's Chief Financial Officer, and Camilla Kasparovich, one of the Marketing Directors at UAP. Welcome to Hardware Intel. Well, thank you. Thank you. So welcome, Bonnie. Welcome, Camilla. Welcome, ladies. Tell me a little bit about what you do at UAP. Would you like to start, Bonnie? Yes, so I've been at UAP two years now. I'm Chief Financial Officer here. So it's quite a wide-ranging role. It incorporates HR and IT. And in the two years we've been here, we've grown quite a lot. We have acquired two businesses and also set up an old corporation in America. You're the lady in charge of the purse strings then? <laughs> I certainly am. <laughs> and what about you, Camilla? What is your role? Uh, I'm a marketing director at the moment. I've started with UAP in 2013, so I'm here seven years now. I've started as a graphic designer, then I've been promoted to marketing manager, and now uh, I've been appointed a director role, which I'm very pleased with. And it brings uh, a lot of challenges. But they love it. And as Bonnie touched on, UAP have been purchasing uh, and expanding, purchasing businesses and expanding. But in today's society, you've really got to balance that against the responsibility to the wider planet, haven't you? And that's what we're going to be discussing in today's podcast. So Camilla, how do buildings affect the environment? The construction and renovation of buildings uses precious natural resources. Manufacturers like door, of door hardware like us can ensure this is done in a way so not adversely affect the environment. When in use, buildings are responsible for a significant proportion of carbon emissions, energy used in the construction and use of our homes and other buildings accounts for around half of the UK's uh, total carbon dioxide emissions, which under the Climate Change Act from 2008, I think, we have a legally binding target to reduce those emissions by at least 80% by 2050. So, in fact, the global is a similar picture. Buildings account for around 35% of resources, 40% of energy use, we consume loads of world drinkable water and produce almost 40% of global carbon uh, emissions. So the, the, the numbers are huge and there is always, you know, place to do more and contribute. We can't get out of that, can we? Because we need buildings. Yes. And we need to furnish them with hardware and with, with everything. We need to build them and we need to live in them and we need to keep them going so they're enjoyable to be in. But that all comes at a cost. You've touched a little bit there on the effect that businesses can have on the environment. So what does UAP do? Um, to help the environment, to help make a, a greener world, because you are selling products, aren't you, to using these buildings? I think the main problem that affects the environment and contribute to global warming are greenhouse gases and the plastic waste, single plastic waste. 
every individual household and business organization or really anything that uses uh, and produce resources has a carbon footprint. This is the global greenhouse gas emission uh, produced and amount of energy used. The approximate carbon footprint on your household or any business can be calculated using a carbon footprint calculator. In fact, me and Bonnie have calculated our carbon footprint uh, on the WWF website a while ago, which was very eye-opening. You mean your carbon footprints at home? Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. Ah, right, okay. So it was, it was very interesting to, you know, to see and check what really contribute to, to this. So I would, yeah, I would uh, recommend to everyone to, to check it and have a look at this. And when you did that, when you calculated your footprints at home, did it then open your eyes to just how great a footprint UAP as a business would have? Yes. Yeah, it, I think it's for both. It was for myself to see what I can reduce because it also gives you a ways how you can reduce it. But also it op it's eye-opening to see, you know, on the businesses which are dealing with the large-scale uh, projects, how this can affect environment and what footprint, carbon footprint can this, uh, can this make. And what are your thoughts on that, Bonnie? Uh, well, I totally agree. It was quite eye-opening when we did the carbon footprint and I don't think I'd appreciated what things I did that had an impact on the carbon footprint. And that's made me reassess certain things in my household. And we're also doing that in our business at UAP. But businesses currently use between 15,000 to 25,000 kilowatts of energy every year. And that is more than four times the average household. So businesses can have a real impact on the environment. So what is UAP actually doing then to help build this greener world? We are energy saving as a business, so we have instructed solar pillows, we have lower energy electricals such as eco light bulbs, we've properly insulated all our buildings so that we retain as much heat as possible and this means that we use about a third of the average business energy usage. On top of that all our products are sourced sustainably. We also have a strong culture of reuse and recycle and we like to be resourceful where we can. So, for example, we shred all our packaging and use it to infill our uh, packaging to our customers. And we also recycle all our 3D printing products so we can reuse it again and again. Now, you are the chief financial officer, so keep the lady keeping the eye on the pennies. And I'm guessing that these kind of decisions for a business, they're expensive, aren't they? But they're worth it. Definitely. First of all, the payback is quite quick. So, for example, our energy bills now are only £100 a month, which is less than the average household. Also, you know, we take our position in the business seriously. We're just here on this planet for a short time, so we've got to look after it. And do all the employees buy into this? Is this something that they've been quite passionate about as well? Because people generally are, aren't they? People are changing in their mentality on a day-by-day -day basis. I'd say that everybody has a keenness and a responsibility to buy into this. You can see it with the way that we recycle in the business uh, and it's always like, who's left this light on? <laughs> so there's always that culture there. <laughs> so it's just really good to see. For those of you old enough to remember, it's like the 70s when there were stickers everywhere telling you to turn the lights off. And actually, that was, you know, about then it was about saving money, but now it's about something a little bit more important. So what's the door hardware industry doing to combat the plastic problem? This is something that you touched on earlier, Camilla. Um, to be honest, not much at the moment. And there is plenty that can be done. 
surveys have found that consumers today are actually buying sustainably market products, not just saying they want them. So the market is filled with sustainable products and there is a higher risk of being called out for not, not walking the walk really. There are some huge advantages of being more sustainable, which in our opinion can benefit door hardware industry and combat the plastic problem. There are things like it can increase revenue. By providing climate leadership, we encourage employees to create new products and services. It can also reduce the cost, which Bonnie touched on that, by not using plastic, single-use plastic, and replace it with more sustainable paper, for example, for our packaging and the fillers. By changing behavior on high emission activities like energy use and business travel, that can reduce the, a lot of cost also. It can also engage stakeholders by motivating and retaining staff, by demonstrating to investors that we are measuring, disclosing and managing climate risk. It can also mi uh, mitigate risk of possible future regulation that taxes carbon consumption, because we don't know what, you know what the future will bring, but this, all those steps can ensure we are going into the right direction. And you used a really important phrase there right at the start, which is leading from the front. Do you feel that UAP are doing that within your industry? I, I believe so. I believe so. And we want to be perceived as ones who, who, who does that because it's really, really important for us to give this message to, to our customers, to our staff, to everyone, really. Are you with that, Bonnie? Do you feel like UAP are doing things differently? Oh, absolutely. I feel quite proud about how we are as a business uh, taking taking this uh, step and treating it seriously and also, you know, enjoying the process as well. How important is a good employee well-being when trying to convince them to buy into those ethical changes within the company? We talked a little bit about that earlier, but how important is that to you, UAP, as a company? Uh, employee well-being is uh, a big problem across all industries, especially these days. We've got overworking, we've got poor work-life balance, unhealthy eating, sedentary lifestyles. So people just get stressed and um, become unwell. So we're looking to try and build our employee well-being and we've done a lot of initiatives already to try and support our staff and also we're bringing in new ideas and resources to help that. Caring about your staff's well-being is so critical because if people aren't feeling well in themselves and aren't happy in themselves they're not really going to be that interested in what's going on in the wider world and the planet are they? It has to kind of start from within in the culture of the company to have happy staff with a, a good attitude to coming to work and then they'll be able to look at the wider picture. Exactly that and I think we're trying to do a few more fun things as well in the company to try and encourage that so for example we have started yoga sessions on lunch times uh, which have been proved to be very popular and we find that really beneficial just to have a break from work and also to stretch because it can be very sedentary when you're office space as well you can find that you get very stiff so it's lovely just to have that breakaway and to have some time with your colleagues in a kind of non-work environment. If we care about ourselves and, and each other we're going to care a lot more about the planet aren't we? So what does the future look like for the door hardware industry Camilla? The future is going towards a smart hardware for sure but conventional materials will still be in use and in the environmentally ideal world uh, we would recycle and upcycle and by using old hardware and giving them a new life. It's not always possible, in which case we can make sure our hardware it's, it comes from a sustainable source, it's ethically made, as this has also a massive impact on the environment and doesn't exploit people and resources. 
not everyone can shop 100% sustainable and that's fine as sustainability has its flaws also like you know greenwashing corporate greenwashing stuff like that so what is what is corporate greenwashing talk me through that it started in 1960s um, is a marketing practice that leads customers to believe that the company's product are more eco-friendly than they actually are when companies display words like conscious, sustainable or ethical on their ads, but really it has nothing to, to do with it. But companies are most capable to make positive changes due to collective efforts like, like UAP. If, you know, with our collective efforts, I believe we can, we can make much more positive changes uh, in, a, in, a, in the future. Do you think that consumers are much more wise these days to greenwashing then and can actually do their own investigations and find out actually which companies are, are really walking the walk. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Consumers those days are very, very conscious and it's also very easy to call someone on, on a greenwashing. It's very easy to check, to research and get the facts straight. So there are companies, you know, um, currently which are still using this practice of greenwashing and they are called on it. Uh, and yeah, at UAP, we're very conscious about it and we are making sure everything, you know, as much as possible, it's, it's done correctly. There's an impact on the bottom line of a company, isn't there, Bonnie? So how do you balance that as a business? I think, again, as, as a business, yes, there might be a cost initially to uh, investing in making sustainable products and uh, saving the environment, but longer term, it always pays dividends, not just on the bottom line, but also for the the world in a nutshell. So we don't want to leave a mark on the, the company, on the world. We want to do the best we can uh, to be a profitable organisation, to continue to grow, but also to do it in a, a sustainable way. And I think it's worth it. <laughs> and good financial decisions equal good marketing then, I'm guessing. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and we, we found it like working the sustainability theme. It works through all departments. So all departments are involved, like finances, marketing, warehousing, sales. It just brings us all together and give, give us a, a reason for a conversation and discussion. So I think the companies then have a lot to learn, haven't they, from, from what UAP is doing. If they bring, you know, you've got to be... Uh, trying to achieve a common goal and that brings the departments together which is a good thing for a company isn't it yeah 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 i think it will start with, within the company but then hopefully it will spread onto the the whole world because as, as we as we touched on that before like a company's got responsibility for the consumers you know and it all starts from from the top really one thing that we haven't kind of mentioned is the quality of the products, because we talk about recycling and sustainability, but actually the quality of your products is really important because if people are buying them and they're not repeatedly buying them and if they can keep those products for a long time, that's good as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. That's why we've, we've we spent a lot of time and effort and money for, for um, bringing the specific ranges, like our nanocost range, which is stainless steel range, for so the products which have got a lifetime guarantee. The, the product which, if you will fit it on the door, it should not rust, it should not discolor, nothing will happen to it if, man, if maintained properly. So that, that's the type of sustainable hardware we are introducing and we've already uh, got them on the market. Do you think customers are going back to buying those kind of products as opposed to the throwaway type? Hopefully. 
hopefully yes that that would be as i said that would be ideal ideal world if people would do it it's i think it, everything starts also uh, mentally in your in the people's head but i think if we can convey this message that would be our goal that would be perfect is that any good for the finances though bonnie because if people only buy the product once and they're not repeatedly buying it well hopefully there's you know there's a lot of customers out there and hopefully we'll be able to spread the word that you know if you go go to see our products and you see that they are sustainably sourced and they are environmentally friendly then hopefully you pick that product and then you'll recommend it to your friend or your colleague or and then that way we will continue to grow the business as i say we are growing business and we continue to grow so we don't see a negative side to this that's good because it's not it's it's about getting more customers as opposed to flogging more substandard products mm. which is a much better way of doing it so what are uap specifically doing to help change the industry's attitude towards single use plastic and reducing carbon footprints well, as we mentioned, we're obviously a door hardware company, so the main product we use is metals, which we source sustainably. But single-use plastic is obviously the biggest problem. And starting with one of our brands, Intelligent Hardware, we're looking to cut out all plastic from the packaging. So with that, we've been using 100% biodegradable products, including cardboard and biopolymer, which is made from potato starch. Uh, and this is all to offset our carbon footprint and we wanted to choose a scheme that allowed us to make a positive social and environmental contribution because it you know encompasses everybody we also have confirmed that we've offset all our emissions via a charity called plantatreetoday.org there's so much to think about isn't there the, the decision to be a more sustainable, a more green-minded company really does infiltrate every single aspect, doesn't it? And can do. There's an awful lot to think about. Do you have a separate department or team that thinks about all of this and plans it all? No, not yet. Not at the moment. At the moment, it's myself and Bonnie, really. I mean, that kind of it kind of answers my last question. My final question was, how easy is it for companies within the industry to go completely carbon neutral and, and help keep landfill waste to a minimum? It's not easy, is it? There are a lot of decisions. No, yeah, it's, it's not easy at all. In theory, a carbon neutral company doesn't produce any carbon emission, which, you know, modern infrastructure, however, makes it night on impossible to run to run and operate that doesn't produce any carbon at all um, so for those unavoidable carbon emission a business can can choose to offset the levels in a responsible way like bonnie mentioned the path to carbon neutrality looks different f- for every business if if you're leasing an office in a big block you might have less opportunity to change things in your building yeah. but if you are a company with 10 employees reducing your emission uh, internally it might be easier but it's everything starts with the wheel like we, we say you know there is a wheel there is a there is a way mm. they say absolutely have you got anything to add to that bonnie yeah so there's a the theory behind being carbon neutral is that you've got to calculate your carbon footprint which is something we touched on previously and that is about reducing that to zero which is obviously quite challenging but there are four steps that we're kind of taking on to try and look at our carbon footprint and how we can reduce it. Ultimately, hopefully we can get to zero. So first of all, we've got to define what you're looking at. So we've got to decide whether to make your whole company or a particular product or service carbon neutral. Then you've got to look at how you're going to measure 
that. So we need to identify what data needs collecting, um, how you are going to start getting support from the business to collect that data, um, and then how to calculate your total emissions. Then over time, you want to set a target so that you can look to uh, put more internal reductions on carbon usage to reduce the amount of emissions, making it easier to get to that carbon neutral target. Finally, reduce. So start with internal emission reductions, such as energy efficiency, and then look at different projects, so changes to travel, uh, obviously packaging, etc. So we're kind of breaking it down uh, project by project and looking at different areas and not just limiting it to products, but also what we can do in our environment, our working environment as well. That's a beautifully succinct way to end this podcast and really brilliant advice, actually, for any business listening who is thinking about following in the steps that UOP have taken. Thank you so much, Camilla. Thank you so much, Bonnie. It's been really, really interesting to listen to. And um, thank you for your time today. (laughs) 